Welcome to Neurons to Nirvana, a platform for creative forces that embrace the unconventional and the quest for artistry, humanity, innovation, health, and healing of the mind and soul. Join me, Tom Hartridge, on a journey celebrating experiences unbound by physical borders or traditional norms. From inside the mind to the far reaches of the universe, this is Neurons to Nirvana. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to share with you two very dynamic bands in this second episode of the World Fest series. The first featuring the pioneering band from Brooklyn, New York, Red Barat. Red Barat's music is a fusion of North Indian Bhangra with elements of hip hop, jazz, raw punk, and funk. What I love about them after seeing them live is how much they interact as well as unite the crowd with both joy and high energy throughout their entire show. They have performed at Bonnaroo, Austin City Limits, New Orleans Jazz Fest, the Lincoln Center, and had a featured performance on NPR's Tiny Desk, along with my second featured guest, Chawa. Let me introduce you to band leader and dull drum player, Sonny Jane, and trumpet playing extraordinaire, Sonny Singh. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Red Barat. Sunny and Sunny, hey, welcome to Neuron Cernavano Podcast. I can't thank you enough for joining me. I've seen you guys play twice. Uh, you're both, you're the lead band leader for yeah. Red Barat and percussionist, correct? Yeah. And Sunny, what do you play? I play trumpet and I sing. Nice. And then you have a kick-ass saxophonist. What is her name? Her name is Allison Shearer. She's amazing. Yeah. Loved her. And your lead guitarist is? Uh, Ryan DeGray. Ryan DeGray. So you guys are, you formed in Brooklyn, New right. York, right? Yeah. And what I love about you all is you have a very kind of eclectic, but uh, what genres would you, like funk, a little bit of funk, what else? What did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> you heard funk, what else? Uh, well, I heard some of uh, the origins of from Indian culture. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of want to know exactly yeah. what, where is that derived from? Sure. So, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. Like people, people ask us that no, a lot. Like, what question. kind of genre is this? And uh, <laughs> and what I've always found is whatever background people are bringing to it like whatever music they've listened to yes they kind of identify like oh i hear some mm -hmm. brazilian in there or i hear some yes, monica yes. too or i hear some punjabi music i hear some jazz i hear this i hear that um this really stems from like the indian marching band tradition that comes from the the 18th century from colonialism and the british europeans dropping off instruments in india and primarily in the north first and then it kind of spread around but they start transferring their melodies and rhythms to these brass instruments and snare drums and whatnot. So it stems from that tradition, but there's a mix of, of everything because we were born and raised here, everyone in the band, yep. pretty much born and raised here, but everyone's coming from slightly different musical backgrounds. So the foundation is this marching band tradition, this Indian marching band tradition, but there's, there's jazz coming in there, there's funk, there's ska, there's Bollywood music, there's Punjabi music, yeah. there's a little rock. You know, it's 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 a mishmash of everything. I, I think we don't really think about it in terms of genre. We think about it in terms of music. Is yeah. this working or not? That's it. Yeah. 
And uh, forgive me, what, what the colonialism when they dropped off, basically the English brought the drums. What is that stylistically? What is that called? The rhythms are the rhythms. Yes. Well, so the rhythms I'm playing are Punjabi folk rhythms. Punjabi. Uh, the dhol, the the drum I play is called a dhol, and and it's a Punjabi drum that comes from North India, Northwest India, which Punjab is uh, from the subcontinent. But since 1947, the partition of India, which then became partly Pakistan and partly India comes from both regions, Western Punjab and Eastern Punjab. And a lot of those rhythms are like folk rhythms that, that go back hundreds of years. Okay. What about Ryan stylistically? What would you say his guitar style is like? Man, Ryan's Ska, amazing. funk? He does everything. I mean, again, like he's, he's, he plays a lot of jazz back in New York, but he plays also with a great band named Rubble Bucket, okay. um, who's, who's, who's on the festival circuit, a super fun band. He plays rock. He plays a, a bunch of different styles. He's, again, just bringing his this is actually his first show with us oh okay <laughs> yeah, sweet yeah. well there you go our, reg, our regular guitarist is jonathan goldberger but okay. he wasn't able to make this one so ryan was out with me on on another project so he he joined us for this one well he's really good it's great mm-hmm. yeah. it's awesome yeah how did you guys form the precursor of it really happened at my wedding really so a, so a barat so we're called red barat the barat is a procession and it's like from one side to another side you know stereotypically it's from a groom side to a bride side Nowadays, it's just about unionship, and it's it's a barat is basically moving one family with music and dole drums and brass, and they're going to meet the other family to take them to the ceremony so they can have a union. And this uh, is in Hindu. Uh, this is this is an Indian culture. In, 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 which culture? In yeah, India? in Indian Indian culture. Um, I mean, I'd say primarily north. You'll find barats. Okay. Okay. Um, but you will find them in the south, but they have a slightly different uh, tradition to it. So so red barat. Basically, in 2005, when I got married, most of my friends are musicians, so I transcribed a bunch of Bharat music from India and some Punjabi music. I wrote my own music, and all my friends brought me in. And then things just kind of snowballed from there. You know, Red Bharat really started in 2008. First, we were, I was doing the wedding circuit, and it was called Red Bharat Marching Band. And then in 2008, we added sousaphone and a stationary drum set and said, okay, I want this to be a festival club band. And... We've been been around since, just snowballing, changing, morphing, you know. Yeah, I love it. And uh, from so many different genres, like you say, it doesn't fall under one per yeah. se. But that being, it's what I love about you guys. It's so fluid and festive, and it's a, a lot of love and joy. And I think yeah. that's kind of what you're aiming for. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, particularly in this stage in the world that we're having right now, it's just great to. You, you all have great vibes, and uh, yeah. I saw you last night. And uh, I caught the tail end when I jumped up. I was like, hey, man, will you mind talk to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's it. You know, it was, uh, it was specifically by design, you know, to say, you know, I, I'd known Sonny for, for a few years before then uh, through some other bands and other musicians we were playing with in New York. Um, and same with a, a lot of the other members that are, that are in and have come in and out of the band. But it was this idea of... You know, when, when you're coming to see a band and what is on stage, you want to see some reflection of that out in the audience, you know? Absolutely. So um, as, much as, as much as we can represent the world as opposed to just one community or one segment of it, it's important to represent that up on stage. Like, that's powerful in itself to just show up on stage with these different folks and say, boom, here we are. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's always, there's always double meanings to our songs. Uh, but we, we bring the positive, like, joy, community vibe. But yeah. we're borrowing things, like, from, from 
anti-nationalist movements. We're borrowing things from protests in India, like chants, um, and and we're we're putting that in there in a way that's building community chants, like when we're playing. And that's what I talk about on Neurons to Nirvana when I'm interviewing musicians, comedians, whatever. We're in a state of the world where we need to be exuding a sense of community mm-hmm. wherever we are. Yeah. And what you all are doing with your vibes, positive vibes, and like. It's just, it's refreshing. That's Thanks, man. Yeah, Thank man, you. I, I dig it, dude, both of you. And uh, so, are you all still living in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yep. Tell me about your upcoming works, where are you going next, where are your next tour dates, and so forth. Yeah, I mean, we have a, we have a fun summer coming up. Um, some shows in, some Canada, uh, in Canada, some shows in New York, popping around to different summer festivals. Uh, and looking forward to just continuing to, to be on the road this fall and, and, and next spring with our Festival of Colors once again in March. Where, where is that going to be held? That's going to be nationwide, right? I think it's going to be nationwide again this year. It's, it's something we started 11 years ago yeah. around the uh, Hindu holiday Holi, okay. which is all to call the Festival of Colors, happens in March typically. And so our idea was to, you know, traditionally they, they have colored powder and they throw powder everywhere and it's like a huge celebration. We can't really do that in the clubs because it messes up all the tech. (laughs) So the idea was to kind of do an explosion of color through South Asian diaspora sound. So we curate different artists uh, on on each each show. And it started out in New York 11 years ago. And I remember announcing it on the first show that this was our first annual festival. I remember my friend looking at me, he's like, that's pretty presumptuous. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I guess it was. I don't know what I was thinking. But but it has grown to an 11 city tour. Um, so we usually do five, six dates out on the East Coast, five, six dates out on the West Coast. Well, we're based out of Austin, Texas. So if oh. you haven't already, why don't you come for South by? Well, let me. I, it's 2012, <laughs> and well, it's also in March. It's funny you yeah. mention that, yeah, because that might possibly happen. Yeah, do it, man. That might very possibly happen. I, I hope you make it happen. <laughs> it's been a while since we've been in Austin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's my favorite festival. Uh, you know, you have the yeah. ACL as well. Yeah, we've done ACL. You, you can't, you were at ACL? Yeah, yeah we've done it, yeah. What, uh, was it 2013 13, I think. Oh, nice. It was when they had that huge, well, I know it happens often, but, well, maybe not often. They had a huge storm and it flooded the yeah, field. Yeah, one of so the weekends. Yes. Yeah, one canceled. of the weekends, so we had to do indoors oh, wow. one weekend. But, um, and we did this, we did South by in 2012. 12, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want you to come back. Man. I know. Definitely. It's, it's, what's so great about that is it gives exposure to all these awesome bands with different sounds. Yeah, for from, sure. From all over the world, 80 countries. I yeah. mean, obviously, I know you guys are from Brooklyn, but yeah. it's just good. It's great. I love it. I hope it never goes away. For sure. Well, what about albums? You got any albums that you're working on or one that recently came out? Our last one was 2018. We toured that around basically right up until pandemic. And then um, we're working on some new stuff. We have a couple new jams that we did today uh, and a couple other originals that, that we've played before, but we haven't totally uh, set down dates to record a new album, but that'll happen in 23, I'm presuming. Okay, cool. Well, listen, Sonny and Sonny, I can't thank you enough, man. Please come to Austin and I'll keep an eye out. Uh, and uh, I love what you guys are doing. So thank keep you. it up, man. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks for having All us. Right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.
want to thank both Sunny Jane and Sunny Singh for sitting down with me on Neurons to Nirvana. I also have to share with you the name of the song featured during my conversation with Sunny and Sunny. It's called Hala Bowl, which you can download and listen to on all major platforms. I'm very excited to share with you that my next guest on this episode is the two-time Grammy-nominated Mardi Gras Indian funk band, Chawa. Chawa represents the true essence of New Orleans' rich musical history and its future as their music takes on the vibrant streets of the city into the 21st century. As some of you may recall, I had two members of Chawa's guests on the podcast this past March. This episode has a twist as I sit down and get to know the band leader and drummer Joe Gallini. My good friend and Mardi Gras Indian Honey Bannister also sits down with us as we cover a number of topics such as life on the road as a musician. Joe also shares his experience with entering the New Orleans music scene as an outsider, songwriting, and the struggles of the work and family life balance as a touring band. Please allow me to introduce my friends and the one and only Chawa. So, Joe, I wanted to have you on and Honey, of course, but uh, Honey was with me on the first episode. You are the band director and you kind of are the catalyst to how this wonderful band got together, correct? Well, um, I am the drummer and the band leader, so yes. I, I sort of like, I do a lot of the wrangling, uh, per, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I'm sort of like the water boy. Please. <laughs> I've read some of your bio. Let's not be bashful here. You well, were, you I went, like to stay humble. Okay. I appreciate that. But you did go to Berkeley College of Music, correct? I graduated from Berkeley College of Music. Got Thank your, you very much. Got your degree. Look at that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he actually acquired it. Uh, so one, Totally joking. No, no, I did. But I know. yeah. So listen, bro. Did Once you got out of Berkeley and left that beautiful town of Boston which is terrible in the winter but how did you get to New Orleans well actually the last year at Berkeley I, the last winter I was like never again will I live in the Northeast exactly because this <laughs> is it's freezing brutally and I was like I used to I just would dream of living in New Orleans so uh, I moved down right after I graduate and you know, the rest is history, so to speak. Well, we're going to get a little further into the weeds. So tell me, like, how did you get into the music scene in New Orleans? You met Monk Boudreaux when? Probably around, like, 2007 or 8, maybe 8. Okay. And were you just playing? Like, how did, how did it, what was the genesis of the catalyst? You know, I'd been sort of, like, playing around the scene in New Orleans. You know, I moved there and uh, the early 2000s and uh, I had been playing drums for a bunch of different artists and um, just really like at that point really just kind of like cutting my teeth and and trying to discover what it was that I was good at to be perfectly honest with you was not very I was not very versatile when I first started because I didn't grow up in New Orleans and uh, you know there's a, a real uh, you know there's a, a, a real uh, sense of you know, tradition in, in, in New Orleans in the in the drumming. It's the cradle of American music and 
they take that stuff. They t- I was going to say that take, they take that shit pretty seriously. <laughs> yeah, you, Am I allowed to swear? Yes. Okay. Please. They take that be, shit real serious, be y'all. Yourself, man. Well, jazz was invented, for God's sakes, and, and literally in New Orleans. So, of course, they take their drumming seriously. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, I grew up listening to the Meters and the Neville Brothers and Dr. Love John both, and yes. Astral Project yes. and. You know Louis Armstrong and like a lot of the. Let's not forget you got Galactic with Stuart Moore, who's a badass. Stanton Moore, yes. Stanton Moore, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. All those guys, uh, (laughs) you know, and and I and I really was uh, infatuated with with the stuff, and um, but it it took me a while to really like kind of like. uh, I think there's something about New Orleans musicians that, especially drummers, that you can tell apart from other people around the world because. It's you know this music comes from the street, and if you're not part of that culture where like you're you know eating and breathing and dancing and uh, partying and you know uh, living and dying in those moments, then uh, you know you haven't really experienced what the what that feel is like because um, you know people celebrate life, they celebrate death, they celebrate all things uh with music and uh you you have to have experienced that to be able to to like replicate it so it took me a while of like just kind of living i think in new orleans to really start to feel what was happening there musically so like where it became more visceral and you didn't have to think about it and and it was more natural so to speak i think it's just that you have to li- if if you're going to play music in new orleans you have to be part of new orleans yeah so when you first got there i, I obviously we've just been talking about it, it's clearly a close-knit community within the music scene <laughs> but uh did they welcome you with open arms? Well, I mean, the thing about it was that I think that I started digging into in, into the music, like I, I there were there were so many different things that I loved about New Orleans, but like I, f- I felt like I was always I, I hadn't quite found the thing that like was the essence of it that I loved. Sure. And when I started hearing and seeing the Mardi Gras Indians, I was obsessed. Yeah. I was like, that's it. <laughs> you know, after years and years and years of, yeah. you know, like, I love the Meters, I love the Neville Brothers, I love Dr. John, I love all of that sort of, uh, that that history of New Orleans funk, but like... Professor Longhair. All of that. I, yeah, I mean, I love it. I, you know, I absolutely adore it, but I also didn't feel like that was quite what I was searching for. Right. And when I heard the Indians and I heard that beat... I was like, I was sold. I just was obsessed. I just wanted, like, I was all in. You know, when I found that, I was just like, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So when I started getting opportunities to play with the guys that originated it, like Big Chief Monk Boudreau and Big yep. Chief Bodala Sr. and uh, guys like Honey and... Um, you know, Big Chief Roddy and uh, Yeti Boudreaux and, um, you know, like all these different cats. You know, I was really just like absolutely astounded by the level of, you know, like talent and inspiration and just like, I mean, it's just, it's a, such a celebration of like, of life and freedom and it's just, it, it's it's kind of intangible. I mean, it's yeah. kind of difficult for me to describe. No, I understand. I'm, I love... New Orleans and I I love that scene it's a 
it's just a yeah and to answer your question i think that because i was trying to take it seriously i think when i put enough work in if people saw that i was serious about my love for it and not just like trying to necessarily like you know be like a culture vulture or exploiting it or whatever the you know uh the idea with that would be that you know i was welcomed with open arms and um you know i've always considered myself to be a guest of the culture but i am uh you know there's no way that i could pay that back you know so i just try to pay it forward you know when i'm i'm dealing with uh this music and this culture i just try to honor it as much as i as i can you know with the, with the way that we yeah. play it and represent it and love it and try to spread it around the world well i think you're doing great i mean two-time grammy nominated and i love what you guys do i love the energy the celebration how uh it i think that you all are the quintessential sort of show the essence of what new orleans is about to people like where we are we're at california world fest uh, and some of these people from grass valley california they probably I, i'm sure they haven't heard of you but I can tell you from being in the crowd and, and mm -hmm. taking photos and video of you all, people were thrilled. And your show was kick-ass, man. sitting across from honey banister and and he is the man if he's the man if you look if you aren't moving and shaking <laughs> and getting on your feet when he comes out that's right then you know you should be in a hospital <laughs> like a hospital bed there is something yeah you don't have because something's wrong you, you barely have a pulse you might, yeah you, like coma perhaps yeah 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 exactly <laughs> exactly so, you know, like he just brings it and it inspires me and inspires everybody else. And I said out there, I was like, he will not come out if you guys don't get on your feet. <laughs> yeah. And I was serious. I was just like public service announcement. Like, uh, this is not a sit down experience. So, um, you know, he just brings it every every single time. There's never been a time where I've seen him where I he hasn't like brought it like hundred percent. I have never even seen the man frown. <laughs> and I've been I've been I've been around him for hours. Well I his mean, name is Honey. I know. He's he is Honey and he's uh he's the man Honey what you what you say, buddy? Uh it's just the music it it how can I put it? Um to push yourself to sew a patch. It's different music you might listen to. Um some people say it's therapy. It's it's so moody you know, I want to sew every day, but I can't sew every day. But by me 
in the band constantly singing these songs and with the Indian chants which have turned to songs, it's like an Indian practice for me. At Indian practice, when I leave practice, I have enough that's gonna take me that week. Yep. You know, it's, and that's why we hold it Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but the collaboration of the band and these band members are, are they're serious, top of the line musicians who embrace the culture, what I do. Not one of them, if I leave something around there, if I leave any piece of my suit anywhere, somewhere, Wes, Taji, they, somebody gonna pick it up because the love they know that I have for it and they are involved in it too because they're with, right there with me, yeah. right? That's why we have second line. The second line with the Indians, you know, it's not like the second line group, um, like when they come out with the brass band. Indians don't have no brass band. You know, the music is us on uh, Joe, bass drummer, tamarind, whatever it is, once you come around, you just go. We don't need a permit. We're the only people <laughs> in New Orleans that don't need a permit to walk the street. That's it's the Mardi Gras Indians. I know. It's awesome. So when everybody come along with you and not one time, I put it to you like it's here. West, me and West been friends for, for a long time. But when West see me out there St. Joseph night, a, a Super Sunday, the first thing West going to do is look for a tamarind. If he don't find that, he going to find something <laughs> to bang on and he going to start singing with me. I ain't even got to tell him that. It's in his heart because we got so, this shit embraced all of us. Me and Joe went and for Super Sundays, I don't normally do them. So we went on our Super Sunday and played behind so many people's different gangs. When I say gangs, that's the term that we use for tribes. So many different tribes knew him. They didn't know him as Chawa Bandley. Yeah, no. Yeah. They just know, they said, oh, that go your boy Joe. That tripped me out. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you run all these Indians and you know, you, you hear about him. Oh, that's Joe Chawa. Man, <laughs> half of them didn't even know that he played with Chawa. <laughs> <laughs> so. It, it inspired me and it gives the people around the world where we go at to get a chance to talk to a Mardi Gras Indian, to feel my bead work, you know, to know uh, why I do this here, how long it takes to do a hairdress, because they can only see it online or hear it, but to see it actually have that experience, that's what Chawa does. You know, after the show, we talk to them, each one of the band members and I, it's, it's an experience that we don't talk about. But that's what the people get, and they be glad, you know, because that's their first time being close to a Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. I mean, that crowd, never, you know, they were rocking. Because I was taking video, and, and I'd turn around, and there were people just going ape shit over you guys, man. It was yep. awesome. And I just, I, I thank God where I can get up every day and, and still be able to perform on the stage with a hot suit on. Yeah. With a wig covering your ears, with the headdress on your oh, head, because yeah. that headdress cover our ears. The hairdress on and constant dancing throughout the songs, whatever they're playing. It's you know, amazing. you got to have it in your heart. So I love doing it, and um, I, I won't stop. I, I just love you guys. And so when we first, when I first interviewed you, yeah, beginning of March, I was at like twenty eight thousand, maybe thirty thousand downloads. Now I'm over a hundred, and I, I know for a fact that everybody loved the first episode that I've had featured, <laughs> featuring you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was genuine and we had, you know, yeah. I love your energy. And uh, I think you guys are a great band. So Joe, I saw that you've got a new single out called Flowers. Are you all gonna, are you working on a new, it was maybe a collaboration? Is yeah, it was, right? a, it was a collaboration that we did with um, some artists from around the world and a uh, producer in Milan, Italy. And um, it kind of popped out out of, out of nowhere. It's, it's not 
our okay. single were right on. we were collaborate collaborators yep. on it, but it's actually like <laughs> already nominated for some awards in Italy, and oh, uh, we got awesome. invited to go out there in September, and we're gonna see if we can make that happen. And um, you're gonna go to Italy? Well, that's the that's, that's the plan. that's the game plan. Nice. Um, you know, everything with COVID's more complicated now than it used to be, but. Um, you know, I think the, one of the things that's uh, really uh, warmed my heart about uh, Chawa, especially recently, is that um, I, I feel like we're, you know, we're tra really trying to focus on, like, building bridges, you know, yeah. with other people in the Absolutely. music community. And, um, you know, as long as it's respecting the culture and the music and the tradition, I feel like... Uh, you know, when I get to one of the amazing things about working with Honey is that, like, you know, he's pushing the culture forward in his own voice and his generation. And he's, you know, he's been masking for <coughs> years. And um, <laughs> I was, baffled. I mean, the man he, is the man, 29 years old. I thought he was in his 20s when I first met him because he had his, he had the mask and the garb. Let's put it this way. You he is, do not look your age is all he, I'm going to say. My he man. is 29 years old, but has been masking for 50 years. <laughs> well, I mean, must, really. He must be the Benjamin Button of Mardi Gras. He yeah. is. He is, man. I mean, he's like shape-shifting. He's going into different time, space, uh, you know, continuums. I mean, he's just really... He's really a marvel of modern science, folks. But, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we try to... We try to bring it to the people. Yeah. I mean, uh, speaking of, I love Joe's latest album, My People. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I was getting. An, and Gr Grammy nominated, of course, as I mentioned. But are you are you all going to try to get back in the studio anytime soon? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, um, again, it's uh, it's been, you know, like the last, uh, the well, since COVID, it's, it's just been a, a kind of a series of like, um starts and stops and kind of like uh you know something it, it opens up and then it closes back down and then it opens back up and it closes back down and and um you know we have to and we're relearning how to tour under the different protocols and all the different things and it's you know we're uh i was in a rush to try to get it back out there but i think that based on you know some real talk like you know it's been a, it's been a very there's been a, there's now much more of a focus on mental health um and uh being able to have like a work-life balance in touring um that where there there really that didn't exist before and um it's important for me now as a as a new father and a husband to be able to make sure that um, I'm doing everything for myself and putting the oxygen mask on myself first before um, you know I can go out and try to tour for weeks at a time or months at a time. Um, you know, I'm really focused on making sure that like we're all everybody myself is you know healthy and able to. We're not putting ourselves in like a continued. Uh, you know, path of, uh, you know, potentially getting sick or, um, having, you know, put, taking on a, a huge burden of playing a, a long tour. And then if somebody gets sick, you can't play or they can't come or they, you know, it's just, we're, we're still living in a, in a pretty complicated, uh, 
worlds as far as that's concerned. So as much as I want to jump out there and put out a new record and play a million dates, um, I think that as far as for my mental health and for my physical and spiritual health, um, you know, it's been kind of a heavy lift getting back out on the road under these circumstances. So I've been trying to really stay true to myself and, and uh, be able to have the experiences of when we go out that they're actually inspiring and fun and that we're going out. I mean, we have been on the road for, I mean, since just earlier in the week and, and it's, we started in... You were in the, Canada. Well, before this week we were in Canada, but then this week we were in New York for two days yep. and then we flew to Detroit the next day, played a gig. Which is last night, right? Oh yeah, see? Last, <laughs> last night. You know, go yeah. to LA tomorrow. It's a blur. It's a it's a blur. And you know, it, it like was it was easy to sort of like chalk it up to like, well that's what the the business is before and now post COVID after spending so much time at home with my my daughter and my wife, you know, like I, I, my perspective has changed on, you know, what I, I feel like is important. And before it used to be, you know, check as many dates off the calendar as I can to be able to, to tour and perform and work. And, and now it's a little bit more like check as many boxes off the calendar that I can to spend quality time with my daughter and my, and my wife and be able to then also be out on the road and enjoy the time on the road so you know it's definitely like a work-life balance that i ha you know credit to this experience of you know the last few years hey i respect the hell out of that i really do i mean because mental health has become a problem and uh i love that you're working on that i'm a huge mental health advocate and uh, music has always been my medicine so sure keep up the good work man i love it appreciate you Honey, what you say? Just keep on doing the performances. <laughs> it's a different from the streets and what we do on the stage. Uh, I try to give them dancing. I can only give them so much because the stuff on the street is raw. And um, that backbeat that we use to come on and Taj and West singing, in here they come, that's, that's my calling. You know, a lot of groups don't start off like that. Uh, if they have Indian, as they were called, Indian group, black masking Indian groups, um, everybody wants to be seen. You're gonna be seen when you have the suit on. Yeah. You know, just go out and do your thing. Um, never took a crown off my head. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care how big it is. I'm gonna keep a crown on my head. Um, I don't see that a lot. You know, they, they just don't know the professionalism of it. Or just when you make it, you're supposed to just wear it. Mm -hmm. So I wind up doing performances, and um, sometimes I, I would put on my full, the full headdress. Nobody does that and don't take it all. So that's a, a tribute to me just loving doing what I'm doing. Um, and I'm just enjoying life right now at, at my age and what's going on with so much in the world to where I can tour uh, with Chawa and be with, with some of the guys in the band and, um, you know, everybody get along good because most of the time you travel with people, they, some people be nasty acting, some <laughs> yeah, people be having different attitudes. Everybody, if they have what's going on with them, you'll never know because it's not between any of us in the van. Mm -hmm. But on the road, and it, it's just an experience of a lifetime. I'm just glad to have the opportunity to be doing it. Well... 
I love what you do, man. So <laughs> I love to hear that you're going to keep it up. I can't. I hope you guys come back to Austin sometime oh, soon. Man. Please, oh, come back. Austin. Please come back to Austin. Back. We love Austin. I know. Austin. Yeah, come back. Come, my, yeah, come see friends, us, man. From, yeah. So um, we gonna um, we do that, and on on that note, I'd like to say one thing. Mare Kurifayo Enyanre Enyanre Chawa, baby. Chawa. <laughs> All right, fellas. You guys go get some rest. Head back to San Francisco. Right. Check this badass band out if you hadn't l- listeners. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Yes, yeah, I like to say one left. And you and your wife, y'all have been. I mean, been doing that a long time. Y'all been knowing me. Y'all open y'all doors up to the uh, to the Mardi Gras Indians and us as people. And y'all still together. And she's still holding the camera. And you still ask the questions. I love y'all. Uh, we love you too, man. Peace. 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 I want to thank both Red Barat and Chawa for joining me on the Neurons Through Nirvana podcast during the World Fest Festival. As we fade out, I also want to share Cha Wah covering one of my all-time favorite Grateful Dead songs, Fire on the Mountain, during their performance at World Fest. If you are enjoying our content and guests, please be sure to like and subscribe to the Neurons Through Nirvana podcast on YouTube, or feel free to fill out our survey in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Tom Hartridge, And you are listening to Neurons to Nirvana.